Okay, it appears we're live. All right. Well, y'all, it's going to be a good night tonight. Um, got my friend Nicole Sauce, and I got a real big announcement also, and it involves Nicole and a collaboration with uh, Perma Pastures Farm. So uh, can't wait to can't wait to announce that. Is it okay to announce it, Nicole? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, hey, y'all. Uh, we'll give you everybody a little bit of time to get in. Uh, tonight is going to be mostly about business. And one of the biggest reasons why is, well, I get a lot of those questions. And it isn't just great to hear, you know, anything coming out of me. Yes, I'm a businessman. I'm a farmer. I'm a permaculture designer. I'm a butcher. And I'm a lot of things. But I know a lot of other people that are a lot of things, too. And they can give you a perspective that isn't just mine. And people that are that are really doing big things in a big space. I also get a lot of questions about collaborations, which is something else we're going to discuss tonight. Um, that may be the big surprise. Um, but before we get into it, I want to tell everybody, thank you for checking it out. I know we got a lot more people coming in. I want to thank you so much for spending. There's a lot of things you could be doing tonight, and I thank you so much for spending it with us. If you would, on the way in, hit that like button. Now, before we kick it off and go to Nicole, which, by the way, you want to check her out. She's at uh, Living Free in Tennessee. She's got a great YouTube channel. She's got an even bomb better podcast. Um, I hope to achieve her level of success in the podcast world with the Permaculture Pimpcast. If anybody hasn't checked it out yet, go check it out. Leave a review. I think you might dig it. We're working out some of the bugs, but the information is solid. Before we kick that off, I want to also tell everybody, you need any bone sauce, need comfrey. We're getting low on the comfrey department. If you need it, you might want to get it. Comfrey salve, we, we're still doing pretty good on that. And um, you can find it all at the website at Permapastures Farm. Now, there's also July 30th and 31st, there is going to be a swale workshop. And my friend on the other line right here, Nicole, is basically the one that put all that together. Um, a lot of people have been asking about it. A lot of people are wondering what's up with that. Tonight, we hope to cover some of that, too. And hopefully, John Willis will be jumping in at some point as well. Now, John got his signals a little bit crossed. I mean, we've had something of technical glitches in a number. It's not all her fault. It's it's mine, too. John's probably wondering what's going on. Um, but I imagine he'll jump in whenever he's able. But um, we have the princess of preparedness over there. Yeah, I never called her that before. If Wait, let me get a crown. Do I have a crown around here somewhere? You get a tiara, right? Oh, yeah. I got a cowboy hat. There you go. Yeah, Nicole is a friend of mine, y'all. And um, Nicole, do you want to announce the, the awesome little collaboration before we get into it? Because I think it's going to kind of set the stage of what we're talking about tonight. I So, sure. Do you want me to explain how the whole genesis or just what it is? Lay it all down because I think it's going to answer a lot of questions. I'm seeing people in the chat right now that if some of the people that I know personally that have hit me up about collaborations, about how to start small businesses, and I can think of no one better than yourself and also John, if he can get in as well. And maybe the three of us together can help a lot of these people knock off the dust and get off and run it. I roast really awesome coffee at a company called Holler Roast. That's hollerroast.com. And I source my beans very carefully, hand roast it, and then ship it to people. So it's roasted to order so it doesn't end up being unfresh when you get it. And Billy was thinking he wanted to have, what were you going to call that coffee? The Permaculture Pimp Drip Blend. The Permaculture Pimp Drip Coffee. And that was, 
That was cool. And we started talking about how this would work. I said, I'll send you some coffees to taste. You choose your bean. We'll get the thing. We'll launch it. We'll do a custom label. But when people order it, it'll come through my website, go to me, and then I ship it out. And then I sell it to, to Billy at one price and it gets marked up to another price. And we were on the phone. He's like, why don't I just sell your coffee, Nicole? Because we need to make a better effort to facilitate this ecosystem that's developing around us where we're, we're cross-promoting each other's things, whether it be products, events, services, shows, information, like all of that stuff. And I said, well, we can do that. That's super easy. And so today we have set Billy up. So if you use his special link, you know what? He gets a referral fee. So use his link. Don't don't go straight to my website. Use his link. He gets a referral fee for any coffee that he sells through that link. And I set it up in an afternoon. We got it going. We thought, well, let's talk about how this works. Because something that happens in our network is people are hesitant to cross-promote other people's things, even when they're in the same industry. He's like, you wouldn't cross-promote another coffee person with you. I said, heck yes, I would. I've got a good friend in Seattle uh, who, who roasts coffee, who is was instrumental in me finding the right kind of roaster and finding information on how I could take a small, small, tiny little side hustle and turn it into a small business without going huge and having to get loans and having to get investors and all of those things. And I cross sell his coffee all the time. It's really good. I buy that guy's coffee. And my thought is if we build an ecosystem where people value high quality direct from the farm beans that are roasted <laughs> with air, so you don't get as much of that burnt crisp flavor and you get lower acid coffee, if we start working together to build that expectation and that ecosystem, everybody wins, even if we're cross-promoting. So when Billy said, hey, let's hop on and talk about small business, I said, yes. And when he said, do you want to like shoot me an affiliate link for some coffee at Hollerus? I said, yes, and set it up this afternoon. So that's, that's our collaboration. And I know, Billy, you've tried the coffee. You like it, right? I don't like it. I love it. And I also love how you source yours because I asked and I was pretty, you know, I was pretty, I, I thought that the best I could get in terms of how everybody, all parties get involved and how all parties benefit was getting just the fair trade stuff. But you told me that, well, you blew, you knocked my socks off because when you told me how you're sourcing it and what you're doing, um, I realized at that point that, um, Oh, John's on with us now. Yeah, I knew that the way you source your coffee, um, that it is, why don't you explain what that is? Because it's better than the typical fair trade. So I work with importers to buy direct from the farmers. So technically they buy direct from the farmer, they mark it up. And so we're not part of the fair trade association, although farms that we buy from are, some of them are, some of them are not. But when you buy direct from a farm and not from a cooperative, the farmer gets more money. And that was really important to me because I know how hard it is to raise, raise things on your farm and then people want to lowball you so badly. And if you want to make a living at this, it's better to get more money for your, your product. So I really wanted to know the farm and the farms I source from are organic certified or they use organic growing practices 
the truth of the matter is in the in the coffee world, people raising the coffee don't always have a lot of money for fertilizer. So the worry is not commercial fertilizer. You're worrying about are they using pesticides? And am I then ingesting those pesticides? I care more about that than any certification in the world. And so I, I work with two different uh, importers who then source it directly from the farm. So the farmer gets more and we get a better quality product. That's what I'm talking about. And folks, her coffee is off the meat rack. And I'm not just saying that because I have a promotion code for you down below. It's there's, there's a lot going on here, y'all. It really is. Because let me just tell you, when I hit 50,000 in terms of subscribers, everybody in the great grandmother came out of the woodwork offering me this affiliate link, this affiliate link. And then also they found out I'm also a journeyman electrician. And they're like, oh, we got these lights here. Do you mind promoting how they found that out? I don't know. Yep. But they're like, hey, we know you're a journeyman electrician. Why don't you try these lights out? Well, as a little side link, they told me, um, and we'll go to John here in a minute, y'all. And by the way, on the way in, hit that like button if you can. It helps us out greatly. Um, so they they said, look, we need you to sign this little thing. And this is what we want. I said, like, dude, you got me messed up. Um, if I didn't seek you, I'm not doing business with you. That's basically the way I roll. Nobody comes to me necessarily with an offer unless it's a small business that I'm even going to consider. I may give you a shout out out here, but before we go into business, I got to know something about you. I got to know that you are what you say you are and you do what you say you do. Now, speaking of saying and doing what you do, it's my man, uh, SOE, got the tools to survive. My man, John, over there at SOE. I don't know if I got your song exactly right, your jingle there, man, but it's off the hook. He's yeah. got a YouTube channel, folks. You got to check out. This is the most shadow banned human being in the history of YouTube. And uh, hopefully I get to follow in his steps one day. How you doing, John? I'm, I'm good, man. That shadow band seems to be letting up for some reason. Um, so, I mean, the notifications are going out. Thing, things are good. I just had a, a building full of people. I was just selling them coffee that Nicole roasted. They, uh, they bought some, they bought coffee, walked out of here. Um, alumni weekend for tactical responses this weekend. So everybody's just pouring into town. There'll be hundreds and hundreds of dudes here. So um, awesome to be here. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, business and, and promoting and cross-promoting business. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that. But before we get into that, folks, if you haven't checked out, oh, my man, Deep South is in here. Deep South Homestead. Hey, um, hey y'all, please do yourselves a favor. The I know this is going to sound crazy, but he is. John is getting away with selling crack in the form of gummy bears. <laughs> and Michelle bought some of those and brought them here. This is no lie, bro. I mean, I've been trying to get into a more fitness um, sort of regimen, and I've been doing pretty good at it. And then I saw these gummy bears. I'm like, well, how good could they possibly Don't be? Don't eat them. Not even one. <laughs> Man, I ate. This is no lie. She had three. I think she bought three of them from you. I ripped that thing open, and they're not all chewy and spongy like reg regular gummy bears. It's like an explosion in your mouth. And I'm like, dude, where did he get these gummy? I ate two whole bags at once and she's like you're gonna be sick dude i could not even sleep that night because i was still pinging all over the place it and should have put you in an insulin coma dude i don't know what you're doing with those gummy bears that you sell but they have got to be the best i know it sounds crazy how good could a gummy bear be but i'm telling you what man i love gummy bears and gummy worms 
I don't know what you got in those. I don't know what you did, but those gummy bur- gummy bears you sell are off the meat wagon. So just like Nicole, when we place our order, they don't have them sitting in a warehouse. They make those gummy bears when we order them. And we order several times. I buy, I have five, I buy them 5,000 pounds at a time. And we buy um, almost every quarter. We, we don't promote them. We don't show them. We've never like done videos on them or anything. And we, we blast through 5,000 pounds of them every three months. Well, I wouldn't take them to a church picnic, but uh, <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless you pour them in a big bowl because the packaging may be – look, at the end of the day, the only thing – and only reason any word is considered profane is because some smug British aristocrat said that it is, so I don't have a problem with that. But, well, man, I'm telling you what, those gummy bears and the Coles coffee, winner, winner, gummy bear dinner is what I had. So – The language has changed over the centuries, but what do you think Jesus was saying when he was throwing over tables and braiding whips and whipping tax collectors? Do you think there might have been some profanity that came out there? Well, what we well depends on what you consider profane. It may have been something, you know, calling somebody a dog is considered very profane in a lot of the Middle Eastern cultures I've been. It's my point exact yes. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. words that we consider profanity in Australia, they call each other for friendship. So, yeah, well, even in the black community, words that nobody else can use, correct, thrown around all the time correct. as a term of endearment. How about yeah, that? My, my authenticity is more important than their sensitivity. I'll stick you with, I'll stick with it. you know what you're going to get with me, it's never going to change. <laughs> That's what I love about you. That's what I love about both of you. Let's kind of lean into. Um, okay, I got a friend of mine, and I'll, I'd like to get both of you to kind of respond to this. Um, folks, if you haven't checked them out, judging by the comments I'm seeing in here, a lot of the people here have been around for a while. If you haven't, please go to both. Nicole also does a podcast. Both of them have YouTube channels. Both of them, John does a live just about every night, and I'm watching it, and he's keeping me awake because I'm trying to be more like him and uh, get, like, no sleep and still operate at a high-functioning uh, level. But um, it, just kind of briefly, can both of you kind of go into how you started and where you are today? And then let's maybe get into a couple of the people I know that had specific questions. One of them, considering getting a soap business off the ground. But let's start with your background for the people that don't yet know you. Let's start with Nicole. Ladies first. Well, I started my life as a communist education and music and German major in Oregon. And I went through that whole process, realized I didn't want to be a public school teacher and started training executives. And during that time, they implemented public transportation. And I was using public transportation and realized when they put in the rail system that my commute went from 25 minutes to two hours about because I had to take three or four different things to get to the train to take the train to you know how that is and I was like well that's not cool if I was in charge I would do it this way and it would work and I thought wait a minute if I'm in charge that's not fair and that was the day I became a libertarian it was like that and I just happened to be working on the same floor as a free market policy think tank and I got to talk to one of the nation's top minds on land use planning, 
growth, smart growth, environmental policy, all of those things. I ended up working there, worked in public policy for 14 years until I had launched my own nonprofit and built myself a business where I was doing 100% what I hate. The mission I was behind, the work I gave for myself, and it was my fault, was 100% what I hated. And I was developing heart condition. And I realized that if I did not change, I would need to change. And so I, I had already started my podcast, Living Free in Tennessee podcast. I was already roasting coffee. I was already homesteading because that's what I, that was my passion, right? And I didn't realize it was my passion, but I told the people who worked for me, they had one year to start paying for their own salaries by fundraising. I would show up to any event and train people for free. I would go to any donor meeting for free for the next year. And I would also not take a salary. And I walked away and I took a shotgun approach to, to starting something because I needed to make money. And so I was selling eggs. I was roasting coffee. I was building websites. I was doing consulting gigs. I was doing all sorts of different things. I was selling vegetables at the farmer's market. And I just looked at the one that stuck best. And it ended up being coffee roasting in the podcast. And from there, once I locked in on those things that they, they, they fulfilled two things, love doing them and they are making money. I focused on those. And from there I've built the living free in Tennessee podcast and holler roast coffee. And there've been a lot of bumps along the way uh, in 2020 when the shutdowns happened, my sales went to zero and that freaked me out. And I'm a mail order coffee company. Like the one thing that should do well when you have shutdowns and can't go to Starbucks and order your frou-frou coffee is mail order premium coffee. And I realized that one day and I did a podcast about like, this is the year I grow no matter what happens. I don't care if everything's shrinking and everybody tells me why I can't, I'm going to do it. John Willis heard that podcast. He's like, Hey man, you want to do a, co a coffee for me? That was a huge corner turn for me. Came out, met John Willis in person. We we did a coffee project together. And like since then, it's just been it's been all uphill for us. Not that it wasn't hard work, but there has been a good growth trajectory. And now we're doing this great project together where we, we do an event at specialty operations equipment called the Self-Reliance Festival, where the goal is to get us all connected and working together and learning skills and sharing skills. Um, but we're also doing that swale workshop with you coming up soon. In two weeks, we're putting swales in at Special Operations Equipment in Camden. I'm looking forward to it. So that's that's Nicole Sauce. John, let's get into you. Um, thank you very much, Nicole. That's that's definitely something I know a number of people right now listening to this, I know for a fact can relate to. Maybe not so much to being a communist part, but, <laughs> but uh, maybe they can to some extent, but John, you had a you had an interesting path as well. What brought you to the work you do today, and is it working for you? So let me say first, when when I had that conversation with Nicole, I said, "What is the most pounds of coffee you can roast?" And I think she said sixty. I don't remember what she said. And I said, "Okay, then I want I I want two hundred. Then I want to double that." And we actually caught her roaster. She ran her roaster so fuck so much it caught on fire and almost burnt the building down, which turned into a crowdfunding, a much, much bigger, a much bigger roaster 
uh, building three times the size. Like it, it, it's huge now. Like it's, it's awesome. Um, so my story to tell my, my full story takes hours. So what I will say is I have just figured out and I've, I started my company as a hobby 35 years ago. And I have figured out how to take everything I like to do in life and incorporate it into my business or create a new business around it so that it's, it's so that we can write most of that stuff off. Now people here write stuff off and they think I'm going to go and spend $20,000 on this thing and write it off and not have to pay. That's not how that works. There has to be income. That just means you pay less taxes and hopefully at the end they zero out. But we, I have a sewing factory here. I own, I have 52 sewing machines. Um, we built nylon tactical gear as a byproduct. We built stuff for all the killers around the world. And as a byproduct, other people in those communities and the, the fringes of those communities want to buy our products. So we also do lifestyle equipment. We do belts, backpacks, harnesses, visor covers, gear bags, stuff like that. And uh, I bought a piece of property maybe seven years ago, right up the road from our other buildings. Um, the intention never was to put the business in this building. We bought a 10,000 square foot building on 10 acres of property and then just started building it out. Um, even halfway through the build out project, my intention was not to put the company in here. But since then, the company is here. We live here. The farm is here. Um, originally we had a full on full blown motocross track on the property. Um, there's a shooting range. You can shoot 200 yards out here. Um, when we have a, when we have the bigger parties, we'll have full blown M2, uh, machine guns. We'll have 240 golfs. We'll have 249s. We'll have a Mark 19 out there, like real machine guns. Um, so it's, it's a neat place. I live, I, I call it an Island between Memphis and Nashville. Um, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Even if you got to my exit, it's another 40 minute drive to get to where we're at. Um, we have no codes. We have no zoning. Nobody asks permission. You just do things and they either work for you or they don't. And then you figure out how to make them work. But everybody here um, is kind of of the belief, I think, in, in, in where we are, at least, that you don't get I don't get to say what you do on your property and you don't get to say what I do on my property. And if it doesn't affect me in a negative manner, I don't get any say about it. That's the way I roll. See, this is why we're all such good friends here, y'all, because we all have that liberty-minded worldview where at the end of the day, if what you're doing down the road doesn't affect me or mine, I don't care what you're doing. Um, that's the beauty of this. So I'm glad we kind of let all that, uh, we set all that to lead into where I'd like to go. Now, uh, both of them, John, I'm not sure you heard the beginning of it, so I kind of rehash it. Hey, folks, if you're still coming in, by the way, hit that thumbs up. It helps us out. Apparently, whatever algorithm is, seems to like it when you hit that thumbs up button. So please do that. And also check out SOE Tactical on YouTube. Check out their website. Check out Nicole's podcast and their YouTube. You are going to be glad you did. I listen to both of them religiously, not just because they're my friends, but honestly, every single John puts out these little snippets on YouTube. And the one the other day had me crack, <laughs> cracking up talking about if you have lousy neighbors. And I was listening to that live when he initially said it. And I about I about woke up Michelle because I was laying in bed watching it when, when he talked about it. But folks, you want to go check out because he's not only dropping great information along with Nicole, 
There's also some great humor in there, but sometimes I'm not so sure he's joking. But I wasn't joking. I didn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you were. That's the part that I found hilarious. That um, I don't. I guess I shouldn't digress. But folks, you want to check it out. And plus, uh, prepare. What What is that thing you do with Panic Prepper? That is Panic Prepper One. It's a satire video. <laughs> <laughs> That one, you're going to be glad you did, folks, because it's pretty cool when you can sit here and drop some great information and weave in humor at the same time as a newly developed podcaster. Believe me, I'm, I'm finding out the value of doing such things. And folks that are just getting in here, check out the Permaculture Pimpcast, leave a review. All those lunatic lefty permaculture people are in there like dogging me. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. All you purple people that don't do anything, you're going to try to break my chops, but at the end of the day, we're still going to be successful. Just like Nicole said, you know, hey, all the sales, I'm not doing it to make money. I'm doing it to drop information. So we're going to keep dropping it. Check us out over there and tell other people about it. Okay. Let's get into, um, before. oh, also, folks, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out yet again, this is probably going to be the one chance you get to do this swale class at the end of the month. And this is good. There's not going to be anything like it. You're not going to find anything like it in all of North America, I dare say, at a very inexpensive price. So you're going to want to go over there now before, you know, if it, if it, if we get too big, we can't make it too much bigger. So you want to get in there, get your tickets now. And in all these droughts and everything going on, I can't think of a better time to do it. Do I get paid for this? No, we were, look, I didn't care if one person showed up. William and I are going out there to John's because this is just a cool project and his place will ultimately be before it's all said and done. I'm going to predict it right now. It will be the number one permaculture demonstration site in North America by the time he's done. So you want to be there on the ground level and see how this is done so you can take it back home because that's one of the biggest questions we get asked all, often. Okay. Remember, hit that thumbs up. Now I'm going to move on to um, Nicole. Let's start with you. There's a lady uh, she was actually at the Self-Reliance Festival, she and her husband, and they are fantastic people. I'm not sure she'd be okay giving her name. I think she's probably in the sh – I know she's in the chat. So if you want to tell them who you are, you go ahead, but I'm not sure that you wanted everybody to know about it. It's all she's, right. She's about to kick off – she's making soap, and she's doing it at the house. And as I understand it, she's working a nine-to-five right now. Are there any tips you could offer on how she gets off – the um, the path that she's on, because I think more than all of us, you can probably relate to that because you made that transition. Is there anything you could say as far as making that transition for her? I'd like to know if your house is in order. When your house is in order, it's easier to make that transition from working to full turning your side hustle full time. The advice I used to give was do your side hustle, work really hard. All the money you make on your side hustle goes back into the side hustle. You do not count on that for income. And then when you've done a really good job one day, you will realize that it's okay to quit. And then I thought about it. And I realized what I did was completely different than that. I just stopped. And by the nature of having to pay my bills, I worked really fr freaking hard, right? and made it work. And that fat first year was really difficult. 
Um, like not that any year isn't challenging, but that first year was scary because if I didn't make money, I wasn't going to pay my mortgage and I didn't want to lose my house. And what it took was a commitment to make money no matter what. And I was willing to go back and work at a convenience store or something if I had to, to make money. But when people ask me for advice on how to make that transition, the stable way to do it is what I said before. You work hard, you save that money. You always, you have a nice cushion when you leave. And then one magic day you get to walk from working to side hustle full time. The other way <laughs> is the under fire way, which is what I did. And I think that's what John Willis did too. Um, Jack Spierko is the one who actually did the first way. There's a third way. If you have a partner or a husband or a wife or somebody in your life where you plan your budget together and you can go down to one income and the other person's working full time and investing everything back in that business so that eventually the second person can leave their job. That's actually a great way to go. I didn't have that. Um, but I have known people who do it that way. And the key is to get to where you are able to live off one income, which means if you're not the income, you're the one doing the side hustle. What you're doing is also keeping the household <clears throat> expenses down through practicing reasonable home economics, developing a deep pantry, cooking from scratch, making sure things are in order for the person working so that you can also work on your side hustle and eventually build that. So those are all my thoughts on that. I'm not sure advice is the right word. You're going to have to choose the path you take. John, were you ever not an entrepreneur? I mean, how did you get, what advice would you give to this person um, starting out? Um, same, same thing going to you. Let's hear another perspective. So I'm, my audience is very different than Nicole's audience. There is a lot of crossover now. I'm more tough love. I'm going to tell you, burn the boats, right? And if you don't know what that is, um, you should you should look that up, right? That's Tony Robbins is where that comes from, and it's a it's a story about all these all these different sailors have you know landed on this island looking for Cortez's gold or to take Cortez's gold, but they have always failed. So the next group of guys that came through, uh, the the guy says, Hey, burn the boats. They're like, what do you mean burn the boats? He goes, because we're going to go through the village. We're going to take the gold. We're going to kill them. And we're going to take the gold and we're going to use their boats to leave. So there is no retreat. We have already burned. If we do not progress and move forward, there is no, they're going to run us right to the ocean and they're going to kill us at the ocean. And that's what burn the boats is. I just do things. I don't ask permission to do them. I don't even really have a conversation. I don't stop with my crew and go, how are we going to do this? I just make the declaration that we are going to do this and then I'm going to do it. And as they see, it might sound very crazy from the beginning, but there's nothing that we do that I cannot demonstrate and do better than every other single person that works with me, beside me or under me. And there's nobody on my payroll that can do anything here better than I do it. So when I expect it, I can also demonstrate it. I know a little bit about soap companies because I have a friend that I helped put in business. Well, he was in business, but we drove him from, you know, a couple thousand dollars to $25,000, $30,000 a month. I have a, a company that I do soap with. I have a dude who was just in my building that brought in boxes of soap that his, his uh, wife is doing also. So 
with the soap company, there's there's different things, right? What is your your biggest input in the soap? Is it making soap? Do you ever have extra soap? If you have extra soap, then you need more sales. So do you put your money into advertising for the soap? Or do we go out and we tell our story and they meet us and then they want to do business? There's a lot of ways to get the revenue in. And then once we have the revenue in, can you keep up with the soap, right? I got a, I know a dude who was a Marsoc Marine. He's got a big YouTube channel and that was his thing. They were doing soaps and body oils and now they don't manufacture and they've got millions of dollars coming in doing these products. So as far as transitioning, I don't, I don't know the situation, the person that's asking, if we were face to face, like, have you ever been in a fight, right? When you're on the ground and you're being kicked, are you just going to go into a fetal position until the beating stops? Or are you going to literally bite them on the leg, rip their ear off and be willing to kill them to win that fight? Where are you? Which one of those people are you? Because the answer is going to be a little bit different. If you do what I do, for some reason, most people, and it's not that they can't do it. It's just that they won't do it. I'm never going to sit and watch a television. Never going to happen. When I end my live feed at 10 o'clock at night, I work for three more hours. Usually when my employees get here at 7 o'clock, I've already been up three hours or four hours. I've already done everything I have to do this day. Are you willing to do that, right? There's Everybody wants to say, they, how do I do this? How do I do this? I need $1,000 more this week or I need $10,000 more this month. I could definitely come in your business and make that, no problem. But when I tell them how to do it, the 90% of the time it's, I don't have time. Do you really not have time? Do you not have time? Because most people sleep six. Most people who are at work eight really only work two or three hours a day. Where's those other 12 hours at, right? Do you, do you know anything about any television show? Do you have a show that you watch? Do you have a, a video game that you play? Are you, are you at every soccer game? It's just, it's sacrifice. You have to, and, and I heard what Nicole said. I'm of the view that every dime you make, every single thing you do in life for five years goes back in your business. And if you can do that, that's the difference between a multi-million dollar company and a company that barely kisses $100,000 a year. It's that first five years. Because after that, you're going to be invested in things that's going to be residual. I was, I was in a, a conference call yesterday and my, my guy was saying, he says, you know, people ask me all the time, hey, I have $10,000 to invest. Where should I invest this? $10,000 is nothing. You invest $10,000 back into yourself. That's where that goes. Until you have $50,000, you're not investing in anything that's bringing residual money in in a real manner. $10,000 goes back into you and you gain more skills. And then you make more money and you put that money back into you. What, what is your other job? The, the thing I always hear is... Um, I can't leave my other job because of health insurance. Well, I have health insurance. I've had, I've never had corporate health insurance or health insurance from a job that I have held. I worked three, four jobs, four jobs at a time, right? I was in federal prison. I came home from Long Pot prison and to get out of the halfway house, I had to have a job. Within 10 days, I had three part-time jobs working 80 hours, 80 hours a week and restarted my business. The first year I was home from prison, still on three years of probation, I made a million dollars with no loan, nothing, and still worked three part-time jobs. So everything's doable. And I like to say that because everybody 
most people don't have the things over their head keeping them. Like I'm a felon, right? I was in prison. I'm on probation. I have to have come into some people I've never met and it, it convinced them to give me a job. When, by the way, I don't have a driver's license. I don't have a social security card. I don't have even identification showing who I am. But they all three gave, because I told them, I'll work for you for free. And if I don't produce these things, then you don't have to pay me because you can't, you can't give me a check anyways, right? And I'm on probation. I'm drug tested. I go back to prison if I screw this up. I go, I'm only going to work for you for six months. I'm going to give you six months. But I'm going to be the dude five years from now. You're going to be like, man, we need two more guys like John Willis. That's what I'm talking about, John. I mean, what, what I hear overlaid with both of you, and I would concur, and it's it's that one element, and it's and most people treat it like a four-letter word because it is, and it's work. Uh, William and I talked about it in our podcast yesterday where, you know, I guess some people call me a workaholic. I mean, <laughs> I work literally from dawn till dusk, and I know you two also do the same thing. There is no... There is no substitute for hard work. What did Edison say? You know, if success evades most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like hard work. And that's the one part of the component because it was like when, when I went to SOE, I came back here and my brain was blowing up after the Self-Reliance Festival with all the wonderful people and honestly, with all the download of wonderful information we got from you, John. And we immediately put it to work. William and I, the whole way home, at least when he wasn't sleeping, we were talking about all the things we learned from you in terms of business and in terms of a number of other things. Everything we learned from you has proven to be gold. It made us better in business and it made us, honestly, it made us produce better products. It made us, and we're still on the way of doing that, but it was also having the benefit of being in your presence and finding out, wow, we can tweak this here. We can do this there. And then talking to Nicole, this is the benefit of knowing both of you and calling both of your friends is that talking to Nicole and knowing her story, where she comes at it at a different tack, I realized that between the both of you, and this is why I made this decision, and I think I told Nicole, maybe both of you, I will never again partner up with any project, any business, even if it's short term, with anybody else that I have to motivate. If I need to tell you, if I need to give you tasks, conditions, and standards, you are not a person I'm going to team up with. Ever again, I tried that. And every single time I did, I failed miserably. But it is cool that when you can make this collaboration, like Nicole and I with the coffee, like you and Nicole with the coffee, which brings me also to something else. Um, let me just ask you both. And this was just an idea I had a while back. What if all these YouTubers, not all of them, but let's just say those who chose to be a part of it, Let's say this person who's wanting to do a soap company were to come to me and said, hey, here's some bars of soap. Try it out. I try it out. Bam. This stuff is off the meat wagon. You know what? I like this. You give me 10% and I'll put it in the link down below or maybe I'll put it on my website. Maybe she sends that to Nicole. Maybe she likes it too. Maybe she sends it to John and he does a YouTube video where it's like an Irish Spring thing and where he's like in the middle of a York Peppermint Patty commercial in the middle of using this soap. What's wrong with that? Like using each other to cross promote instead of going to Walmart, just like I don't wear shirts. I don't wear t-shirts. I don't wear pants. I don't wear anything 
that came from some big box store. I will get my T-shirts from John. I'll get them from Nicole. Mama Sauce gave us two of them, by the way. Um, I'll wear your shirts. I'll do those things. I'll promote you. You promote me. We promote each other. Hey, y'all, what's, I mean, John, Nicole, what's so wrong with with doing that kind of business if we're going to get off the, the, um, the pit of Walmart? What's wrong with doing that? Something that simple. Uh, there's nothing it. wrong with it. I think the only thing that's in the way is people's confidence. The confidence to reach out to John Willis and say, here's some soap. Do with it what you will. Some people do that to him. Probably too many people do that to him. And I'm now making it worse for John Willis. But <laughs> but I, I, I get a lot of emails that start with, I know you're really busy, but blah, 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 blah. And it's a you very long me. story. And you lost me. And all I really needed was, I make badass soap. I'd like to send you a sample. Where can I send that? And then you can give me the backstory. And then I'll try the soap. And, and we go from there. If you get to the point, it's a lot easier to collaborate. And I'm all about developing more of an ecosystem where we tap into to, to each other. I need a rental agreement written right now for a tenant because I have some rental properties. And in the past, I have used a property management firm for that or a different lawyer who's not in our network. I reached out to a lawyer in our network who I know who does real estate in Tennessee and said... I need a rental agreement. I wanted like, I want a template that I'm using for everybody. And it's been a few years. Can you hook me up? And I don't, at this point, I'm not really worried about what his rate is. I trust that he will give me a fair rate. It may be more than what I pay a property management company. I don't care because I'm putting money into our network. That person's a real estate lawyer. I'm supporting them. When somebody hears this story, they're going to say, who's that lawyer? I'm going to refer them to them. Right. And that starts developing momentum of its own. And we start having everybody wins in that situation. And I, I don't know why people are so hesitant to ask because the answer is always no, if you don't ask. And the worst thing that happens is if you ask is you get a no and a well, okay, ask the next person. John, how do you feel about that in terms of... Um you know, collaborations, even if it's a Nicole, I think hit on a big one right there, because honestly, fear of failure in the beginning for me was huge until I heard Joel Salatin himself live say, and I swore he was talking straight to me, was if it's worth doing, then it's worth doing poorly at first. So how do you feel about these collaborations or, um, you know, and, and is there any like pitfall advice that people should or shouldn't take? So I, I, first of all, I think we, we all do a pretty good job of it. Secondly, if you want to contact me, three bullet points. Don't ever start a conversation with, can I ask you a question? <laughs> don't ever, you don't need to email me or Nicole or Billy to get an address because the address is out there, right? If you want our attention, send the product. If the product is good, we will, if, if somebody sends me some product and I don't like it, that's, that's the end of it. That's okay. I'm not going to bad mouth your product, right? If you send me product and it's awesome, I'm going to get back with you and I'm going to be, how can we cross brand this? If you want to do business, if, if I like your stuff, I'll tell people about it, right? Or we'll do a video or something. But if we're going to do business, 
It's how can I co-brand it? How can I put my logo on your soap? And how many pieces can you do? I like to take, hey, what do you sell this for? I'm going to raise the price. I'm going to sell your product for more than you sell it for. And when the dust settles, the value of your product is now higher. So everything you sell from here forward, you're going to make more money on. Um, but a lot of people, like I have, I have 700,000 people on Facebook. I've got 27,000 here on YouTube. I've got, I think, 65,000 on Instagram. I have a lot of views. I've been doing this literally since, since social media started. So for a new guy to come to me, because I get it all the time. We talked about it the other day on a live feed. Hey, I want to test your stuff. Or, hey, can, can we do this thing? I'm exposing you to over 2 million of my qualified consumers and my 35 years of business of qualified customers with real money, right? So you better come. You better be the best. Like you, you better be the best or you better believe you're the best. And, and you can have one or the other. You can believe you're the best or you can be the best. And as you get one, you're going you're gonna to mellow out. You're going to meet in the middle, right? But if just don't take no for an answer. You don't need to call me up and go, hey, I, I built this thing. Can I put your logo on it and send it to you? Stop asking permission. There's nobody that cares that you put their logo on some shit and sent it to them. And if they do, they're an asshole and you don't want to do business with them anyways. You're not selling anything with their logo. Just brand it up and show them what your capability is. And if you really want to get their attention, if you really want to get their, where'd you get that from? I bought that at, a year ago or so. We had those? Somebody came to one of your events and just started selling these and I bought yeah, it. I like to have some of those. <laughs> um, those are granite, the granite coasters. Yeah. Um, if you really want to get their attention, send something to their spouse people send me bullshit all the time and I, I say that i don't i don't mean it's bullshit people send stuff boxes pour in here right send something to their spouse right where is the gatekeeper who is the dude's secretary his wife right send stuff for their kids like you will get you will get their attention you will stand out in that manner and i'm not saying give tons of your stuff away but just reach out and and a lot of times if i want to talk i was I had a, a huge, huge, like rock star yesterday, and I went to like his uh, Instagram page, and it said he was already following me, right? So social media is amazing things. Um, you have the, there's no more gatekeeper, I guess is what I'm saying. Post, add value. You really want to get a company's attention? Get on their posts. When they, you see other people asking questions, answer the question. And don't copy paste that and put, you know, 10 comments through the same genuinely interact in the content on the conversation. A lot of people do live feeds. You want my attention? I do a live feed almost every night at nine o'clock, get on there and become part of the community. I have, I have eyeballs that most people do not have. Um, not only the volume of qualified customers, but just this, like, that's why I wanted to do the self-reliance festival and, and, you know, Jack and, Nicole and them guys, they've, they've got the homesteading. I'm a pretender in the homestead. I guess I'm not now. We've really been really doing it for real for a few years now. But I've got the tactical guys. I've got the meat eaters. I've got the tip of the spear. If they're killing dudes on CNN somewhere, my stuff's with that crew, right? So how do we mash those guys up? Because they're coming home. They're realizing I'm tired of fighting for oil, right? I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired like they – 
I want to come home. And now we're all the, I'm 50 years old. We're the grumpy guys that just want to be left alone. How do we homestead? And a lot of times in the homestead genre, I call it a genre, the homestead lifestyle. I think, I think all prepping ends in homesteading, right? I've been saying that for years. I heard somebody say it the other day. Um, but in the homestead genre, so many of them are like, I'm just going to grow my tomatoes and I live down this road. Nobody knows I'm here. How do we mash those guys up, right? We're all around equipped. How do we get them medical training and, and show them the need for medical training? How do we, well, I got a, I got a rifle. Okay, so you shoot occasionally, but you don't shoot, move, and communicate, right? You can't, you can't run multiple rifles on a line. So how do we bring those guys together and show them the need? And that's where that came from. Um, I don't know what the original question even was, Billy. I'm sorry. No, bro. I'm just, hey, I'm willing to sit back, man, and just let you monologue because it's just straight solid gold. Um, and same with Nicole. When you guys are dropping this information, it's not just everybody out there that's the beneficiary of it. I am too because I have used, um, I have used a lot of your methods so far. Even the idea, and those who don't know, I gave them a shout out before, and I'm doing it consistently. The idea of putting the trolls on a T-shirt that was inspired by John. That was his deal from the word go. And I told everybody out there that that heard it, there are some wonderful ideas that you can cross promote. And there's some wonderful ideas. I mean, I don't want to be so unoriginal that I take chapter and verse. And if I do, you will never hear me plagiarize somebody else's idea without giving them credit. Um, even the title for a video that we did the other day, it was inspired by a shirt John had. Um, I tasted Nicole's coffee and I was like, okay, why, why on earth would I ever go to a box store to buy coffee that is even more expensive than the stuff she sells and taste half as good. So this is why I'm like, I hit up Nicole when she was out here. I was like, Hey, how do we do this coffee thing? How do we do that? So now we have a promotional code. And by the way, folks, if you're just getting in, hit that like button, we're rocking and rolling, but that's exactly how we did it. So some of you folks out there that are saying, gee, I hate this grind. I hate being a slave to the grind. How do I get out of it? Well, you're talking to three people right now that have successfully done it in our own way. And um, I don't really go into my story all that much. Um, perhaps one of these days I should. But part of it being is that it's funny when I listen to both of them. I'm hearing myself in both of them as far as like John, I, I didn't come from. I mean, I often joke about it that I my family put the funk and dysfunctional by every statistical measure. I should be in a prison somewhere, but I'm not. Because one day I decided to wake up and say, look, you know what? I'm this thing, and tomorrow I'm going to be something else. And I think it was the same transformation you had in the joint. And Nicole, with you, it's the same where I started off in this very leftist tradition, very, very leftist. And then the reality of looking at my paycheck and saying, hold on, I just gave away 30%. And, and then check it out. I gave away even more. If I work harder, I'm taxed more. This makes no sense. Huh, maybe if I start growing this food, I won't get hit so hard. Um, and that's the beauty of being able to have to have this exchange of ideas, which is what happens at the Self-Reliance Festival, which is exactly what's going to happen at that swale class. Yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of swale classing. Classing. I guess I just turned that classing. into a word. We're going <laughs> to smashing display on the swale, John. Um, we'll be doing – but, you know, what's what's even more beneficial – and going to a, something like that, whether it's a swale class or whether it's the 
Self-Reliance Festival is that the people on stage and what you hear is great, but the connections you make might be even better in a lot of different ways. Um, business connections, people you didn't know, all these wonderful things that unfold. And if you're going to the swale class, y'all, you're going to have that too. So why am I why am I talking so much about it? Uh, let me just go ahead and hit that one more time, this swale class coming up. Oh, snap, another 10 bucks going to Vets for Child Rescue. Thank you for the super chat. That's where anybody in the super chats, 100%, 9.99, goes to Vets for Child Rescue. So if anybody has any interest in doing that, that's exactly where all that money goes. Um, which me saying that probably got this thing demonetized, but oh well. Anyway, where I was going with that, I'm going to do a John Willis and forget exactly where I was going. No, I know exactly where I was going now. <laughs> Um, the, the reason I'm going on so much about this swale class is because it's like when I first started doing butchery classes, everybody in the great grandmother, man, I want to learn how to butcher a chicken. I want to learn how to do a pig. I want to learn how to do a sheep. Then we announce a class and then nobody shows up because I'll hit the next one. Well, look around you. Do you think there might be a next one? There might be, but I can guarantee you the price of gas and food and everything else is not going to get any cheaper. So when you get this training, I don't make any money out of this, y'all, not a dime. Um, when you get this training, you can take it home and it's only going to further what you're doing in terms of food preparedness. When you have a swale in, guess what? Your food force got a lot easier to manage. Water procurement got a lot easier to manage. And that's one of the biggest problems we see going on right now and then if you want even more about it check out the latest podcast that we did at the permaculture pimp cast we talked about that very thing in the last one so with that said um okay shoot man we're already 53 minutes into this good night man every time i talk to you guys it's like doggone it man time just zooms on by and i uh i got man, time I I see Portland, Oregon in your comments. I'm from Portland, Oregon. That's where I was when I was a communist. When she was a full-fledged communist. Full and I was a communist. Yeah. I was I was one of those two. And um nothing regenerative like methods work really well in Oregon. It's way easier there than Tennessee, just for the record. You know, one of the one of the quick ways, and I did it with my own son, is let him go out there and get a job and don't tell him anything about them being taxed. Don't say a word about it. <laughs> and they come back. You want to turn them into an instant liberty-minded patriot, a real patriot that hates those things? Don't even tell them that they're going to get taxed. Let them see that first check. Let them do the math on it because a kid on that first job is already doing the math in their head if they're making, let's say, 10 bucks an hour. Well, this is what I ought to make. And then when they find out how much of a bite Uncle Sam takes, then they start thinking you know, things in terms of uh, liberty-minded uh, sort of worldview. So I guess we're going to have to kind of shut it down here in a little bit, but I want both of you, man, I could go on all night, but I got something. To, oh, Hey, Kramer, Nate Kramer. What's up? Um, Nate man, needs to come meet us. What's that? Nate needs to come meet us. Apparently Nate lives in Tennessee. I yeah, don't know, Nate, Nate. You, need to, you need to raise up off the homestead brother and come on over to the next self-reliance or at your place. I bet you could use some swales out there. I know Justin and Metcalf Mills came out there and looked at a lot of your stuff, but Hey, y'all, I want to. I know we got to kind of shut it down here, but remember, check out Nicole at Living Free in Tennessee. Her podcast is off the hook. Great YouTube channel. John does a ton of YouTube content. Facebook, I'm not in that platform, but I know he's busting over there. 
even um, I guess I'll let him tell you all that. But hey, what before we get out of here, Nicole, let's start with you. Sorry about monologuing so long. Um, what advice can you leave these people that are interested in getting hot in their own home-based business to get away from the grind? What is the biggest thing that you could leave them with? There's only one thing. I grew up in Beaverton, Oregon, before I lived in Portland. And we had a small company there called Nike, which has the best slogan I've ever heard in my life. And that's just do it. Just do it. Get off your butt and start. You're going to fall. You're going to stand up. You're going to keep walking. But if you don't start, you don't succeed. So just do it. John, what do you say? So I make a video almost every morning at 4.30 a.m. telling you exactly what you need to do. Just And that, that literally, I say that shit all the time. Just, just do it. It doesn't matter. Don't ask permission. Just do something every day. Do one more today than yesterday and one more tomorrow than today. And actionable, right? When you're watching and you're consuming this content, is this actionable? When you're hearing about all the stuff going on in Ukraine and all these other, is it actionable? Does it change the temperature of the water in my pool? What could I have better done with that time? And I heard Nicole say yesterday, day before, she's like, I spend ha- the first half of the day making money and I spend the second half of the day homesteading. I spend a ton of time on this thing. I don't know where it's at. This thing here constantly. I'll, I'm just going to sit down and make this post. And before you know it, I'm scrolling. I'm like, ah, I got caught again. Right? Would I have been better off putting these 400 seed potatoes in the ground? I know it's too late, right? But I'll show you. You're going to see it. Not, not too late. late. Not um, too late. So I've spent the last two and a half years preparing to not be in business. We have designed and built our life for the last two and a half years in case they really did shut down shipping or shut down the borders of states, right? And I bought things and put things and implemented things so I could still, all my guys, my guys don't, I don't hire locals. They can, it's too easy for them not, I mean, I will hire them, but there's no locals here to hire. I hire dudes, all the guys that work here in Tennessee move from New York or California or Alaska, they move here. So I wanted to be able to continue to employ all of my people. So we just kind of transitioned a few things. Um, but the biggest thing is, is it's just actionable. With what that that's really what it's if you can start your day and like and I know you're gonna be like, well, you touch it at 4:30. I do. I make a video at 4:30, I post it. Don't look at any of your notifications, don't check anything from anybody else, no outside sources for the first 60 minutes of your day. Your day that day will go drastically different, right? And just remember the things that you are consuming and the things that are in your head, can you change them? Do they affect you? And what if, let me, let me leave you with this, right? All the fear and all of the social media and all this stuff, right? What if it truly is designed for fight or flight? Oh my God, I got to go buy a bunch of batteries. I see it all the time. I got $15. What should I buy with 15? You shouldn't buy shit with $15. You should figure out how to make it $15,000. You're never going to have anything. That's poverty mindset. And they, the powers that be, want you poor so that you rely on them. What if it's constant fear, constant fear, constant fear, so that you don't sleep well at night? You think about these things in your sleep, you wake up and you think about them, and what if it truly is because your mind 
will never achieve the level that it's capable of operating at because you're worried about other outside sources. So worry about you, figure out what you truly want to do. And that can change over time. It's like, it's like the, the second hands on a, on a watch, right? When we start the course, we're at 12 o'clock, but you can just deviate one second and two miles down the road, it's still kind of the same path, but 10 dials down the road, you can't even see the same path. It can just be that slight of a deviation. You start with one, it's like homesteading here. We start and have to do a bunch of stuff that we don't anymore do, we no longer do, but we had to do it to get to where we are so that we can change what we're doing now. And it all happened within just a couple of years. It's drastically just like greening the desert. So just do something. And paralysis through analysis. And I think a lot of people use the, like Billy had said, a lot of it's the, the modern day um, fear of failure, I think for a lot of guys on social media is it's like people have learned that if they cry, they'll get a bunch of comments, right? Fear of failure. No, you're just fucking lazy. Like that's what most of it is. You're just lazy. And the fear of failure thing for most people, at least that I come in contact with when I hear that, well, what did you try? What did you fail at? They haven't failed at anything because they've never started anything. Just start. That's don't, exactly. you, don't, you don't need a business license. You don't need to incorporate, build something and see if people want to buy it. You can do that for years. I make literally, well, I, I make millions of dollars every year, millions of dollars every year. I didn't incorporate my business for the first 10 years I was, I didn't even pay taxes the first 10 years I was in business. So believe me, anything you're worried about, I've already done beyond anything you could think of. That's exactly, see, this is why it's not just important to hear it from me. You're hearing it from two others that honestly two two people that i'm i'm it's it's a joy that i have them in my life and that we can cross pollinate all this wonderful information that everybody else out there i know some of you are jumping up out of your seat like yeah that's my dog that's what i'm talking about i would add I, the only thing i would add to that is fail while daring greatly what is the worst that can happen you go broke I mean, really, what is the We're already broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's what's wrong? I mean, you're are you gonna you're gonna be broke anyway if you just stay tethered to the system, to the powers that shouldn't be. You're gonna be broke anyway. So why not go out there and just you know go after this, go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and take the tartar sauce with you, as the saying goes. You know, go out there, do these wonderful things and fail. Fail miserably if you have to. I've had, in fact, in permaculture, I've done way more failures than, and I've seen Nicole shaking her head. Yeah, when you do this lifestyle, you're going to find out information from this person. You're going to find out through failure that it doesn't necessarily work for you. Well, it's the same exact thing in business, and you're going to at least know what not to do. And if you're persistent, if you work hard, if you get a little less sleep. Even King Solomon wrote a great deal about that, you know, get a little less sleep and work a little bit harder. You'd be shocked at what you can do and uh, find your own way. I want to say real quick, uh, thanks everybody for that super chat money. Can't thank you enough. I think tag was the last one that came through and I'm sorry about the one I missed before then these comments were kind of dragging through a little bit quicker than I could catch them. 
and William tells me don't even touch his computer when this thing's doing until I'm turning this thing off. So he knows I'm going to screw it up, so I'm not going to touch it. So before we get out of here, I want to thank everybody for checking us out tonight. Nicole and John, where can everybody find you? Where's the best way for them to reach out to you personally if you need to or social media? You can find me at livingfreeintennessee.com. That's my website for the podcast. And from there, you can pretty much find everything else as far as social, all the roast coffee, all of those things. I would love to meet you in person in two weeks in Camden, Tennessee. Don't live in Tennessee. I don't care. Come to Camden, camp on John's property. Check out this swale class. It's selfrelianceFestival.com forward slash swale. We'll get you there. $197 includes your breakfast and lunch. Lunch is going to be fab. I just talked to the chef. We've got some local country hams coming. We have a beef alternative for people who don't eat pork. We've got fried chicken. We've got fried chicken without the fried part for those of us who didn't want that. It is a non-wheat batter, so I didn't have to deal with gluten allergies. But it's going to be really good food really good time and more important than the knowledge of how to drought proof your property which is pretty darn important this year are the relationships you make you will be standing next to somebody you will not realize you needed to meet you will have a conversation i promise you you will walk out of there with a relationship you needed to have that's why these events are so important it's when the doers get together you meet other doers and then you go do things and a lot of times you travel 2,000 miles to get here to meet somebody that lives 20 minutes away from you. <laughs> Let me say there's a ton of great comments here that we weren't able to address. I do a live feed at 9 o'clock on YouTube. Jump on. If I can answer them, I'll be, I'll be happy to. Um, and I'll always tell you, hey, this is what I think, or more importantly, this is what I have done. So if you come to our event, you can, it's not just outside. You're welcome. I will show you anything you've ever seen in any of my videos. We will go straight to it and we can talk about it and discuss it. The shop will be open, the gym, everything that you've ever seen in my videos is here on the property today. We didn't rent it. We didn't borrow it. It's all here. So um, I'm on Instagram, most active Instagram and Facebook, mostly Instagram. I'm also on locals, me, we float, true social Anything, any place you want to be, I'm pretty much there. I post more content on Instagram. Um, and then we put three to five videos up every day on YouTube. So join in. Um, now, John, that's nine o'clock central too, right? Yeah, nine o'clock. Yeah. Uh, nine o'clock. You, you might not agree with what I say. You might not like what I say. But at the end of the day, this is my channel. And you'll know exactly what I think. So just be aware. That's what I'm talking about. And folks, I mean, I'm, I'll be on his chat also tonight. If I can, if I'm done doing chores and everything and all the other things I'm getting done around here, if nothing else, I am at least, and this is important too. John's spoken about this in a big way. Look, in some ways, like when I watch another channels, like John had said before, there, there will be evidence that I was there. I will respond. So if you listen to the chat, if nothing else, Holler if you hear me in the words of uh, whoever that rapper was back in the day. John probably knows who it is. But, um, you know, let them know that you were there. There's a whole lot of interest out there that have everything in the world that they would love. They would love for us not to have this conversation. And they would love for us not to make those connections. And I just want to give an echo to what Nicole said a minute ago, where do you have any idea how many people I've met 
at just that last festival at the self-reliance festival, people that I now have access to that previously, and, and I'm not just saying people like Jack Spearco and John and Nicole, um, all of which I look up to, but honestly, those people that I didn't know lived maybe down the road from me or people who have skills that I didn't know or people that are doing something very unique that maybe I want to interview, you know, or maybe expose out there and let all the rest of you know about that cannot happen by and large. You can do some of it, but there's nothing like being able to hug a person, shake their hand, talk to them face to face. And that is the beauty of a self-reliance festival. But honestly, whether if there wasn't a single person going, William and I would be on the first thing smoking out to SOE because when you look at John's vision and what he wants to do with that property and he wants to turn it to a pimp daddy jungle palace of permaculture love up in there and it's going to be the best in the United States of amnesia. I guarantee it when it's all said and done and it's going to be a legit demonstration site that you can go through. Oh, that's what a swale looks like. Oh, that's how my trees are integrated. Oh, that's what Silva pasture looks like. Oh, look, he's got some alley cropping going over here. Oh, this is how my blueberries are staying in an acid-loving section of the property. Oh, look at all these fish. This is what he's going to do there. And this is why, look, what not if there weren't a single person showing up, and there's plenty, there's a great many of you showing up, but that's how much I believe in this project, and that's how much William believes in it. And honestly, just being in the same room and location, so to speak, with all of you out there, I am thoroughly looking forward to it. So please... Get your tickets now before they sell out. Thanks, John and Nicole. Thanks, everybody out there. Till next time, we'll see you in a couple of weeks at the self Well, I'm sorry, at SOE, where we're going to be dropping some swale. Yeah, we're going to be dropping that swale like it's hot, y'all. We'll see you next time. See you guys.